They've raised $155 million from VCs like Sequoia, Kleiner, Lightspeed. But before it was up and to the right, they had a big challenge. They built a product, went to prospects, asked for feedback, but they didn't ask for money. So when they went to ask for money, this is what happened. And I said, hey, now, now here's the product. You know, are you willing to buy it? The reaction that we got back from them was that, oh, like, you know, I've never bought a product like this. I don't know, like, how to even think about paying for it. What is the ROI? If you're a founder, you know how painful this can be. He goes into how they overcame this, what they did to get those deals over the line. If you know you have a good product that solves a real problem, you're going to love this episode. Boom. Welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. We interview the best founders in the world and ask them what they did in the early days, right before that hockey stick growth moment. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, a former founder. I live here in San Francisco and I now work for Zendesk for Startups. Zendesk is a customer support platform and we offer six months free to qualified product-oriented startups. Partner shout out this week goes to Brex. They're an all-in-one financial platform. Check out the offer that they have in our deal book. Arvin, thank you for joining Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. Uh, I cannot wait to hear more about your story. If you first would just tell us about when you started Glean and uh, was it doing the same thing that it is now? Thanks, Adam. First of all, it's great to be here. Um, thanks for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, Glean is actually doing exactly what we started out uh, with. We are a search company. Uh, we want to make it easy for people at work, um, find things that they need to get their tasks done faster. And that was our mission on day one. And that's our mission right now. Mm. So change, luckily. I, every time I ask that, I feel like it's like 80% of the time it hasn't changed for the the really successful companies that I've talked to. So. I love to hear that. Can you kind of flex a bit and share how big the company is, how much money you've raised, any, any metrics to kind of help people understand who haven't heard of it? We started in 2019 and uh, the company has raised uh, about a little over $155 million, uh, including our last uh, round, which was over $100 million. We raised that in April of 2022, led by Sequoia Capital. The company is about a little over 200 people at this point. Congratulations. We are all ears about your story. Uh, to be able to raise that in April of 2022, that's, that must have been a really unique time. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into that. Tell us some of the lower moments that you had. Maybe there's a specific story before the $100 million you know, rounds and all that stuff in the early days uh, where you were discouraged or challenged and how you overcame that. So when we started the company, like as any other tech company, uh, like, you know, journey is like ours were similar. We got together, uh, got a, you know, we got an amazing team built, like, you know, amazing engineers uh, who were building, who started to build um, our product, a great product. And I was the only one in the company who was supposed to take this product and bring it to our customers, go and sell it. The learnings for me, like as, as we started to build this out, uh, we got a lot of, lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback from, uh, from, our, from our potential customers that this was a problem that they faced every day in their life. This was a big problem for their organization. And therefore, this was the right thing for us to work on, right? So we kept, we, we kept going at it. And then there was a time when we actually had a product. Now we need to sell it. We need to actually make money. And... So when I went back to the same people and I says, hey, now, now here's the product. Can you, can you try it out? You know, are you willing to buy it? 
And that's when I actually started to realize that there were challenges that we never thought of before. We built a product that it's a, it's a kind of a product that has not been built before. It's a new thing. Um, it's a, um, I mean, it's a, it's a search product. Uh, like I said, uh, it allows uh, people within a company to quickly find answers to their questions, answers that are varied across hundreds of different cloud-based SaaS applications that your business has. Now, it's a important problem. It saves people a lot of time. It makes everybody more efficient, but it's a new thing. And there was no other product in the market that was doing this. So when we went, went back to you know, these CIOs and told them that, hey, we have this you know, product built out, are you willing to buy it? The reaction that we got back from them was that, oh, like, you know, I've never bought a product like this. I don't know like how to even think about paying for it. What is the ROI? What is the, what am I gonna go back, you know, get back in return? And, and it's sort of like, you know, like the, the first buyer, they have, to, they have to make a leap of faith. And so we sort of increasingly had this, you know, these conversations where we just could not sell and we had to figure out like, oh, you know, shoot, what happened? Like, you know, did we actually build something wrong? Like, you know, we really believe in it, like, you know, we have conviction, but, but we're finding it hard to sell. So, so it was sort of a low moment for me, like, you know, a uh, year and a half in um, the, the fact that it was so hard to sell it. And, oh, and my oh my goodness, I've been there before. And I know that there's a lot of founders who are listening right now, who are there right now. The, the prospects said that they wanted it. And they're like, yeah, if you work on it, I'll buy it. We have the budget boom, boom, boom. You go build it. You bring it back to them. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm ready. Like, give me the credit card essentially. And it doesn't work out in the same way they said. And you feel like you got duped because you spent all your time and went all in and they didn't follow through. Yeah. To some degree. Yes. Like not, not, not like, you know, dupe. And in fact, like, you know, part of it was my, um, like fault. Like, you know, I never actually asked people like the first time that, Hey, would you actually have budget for it? Right. I got the right feedback. Everything was actually correct. Like I didn't feel, you know, duped or cheated. Um, it was just that, like, you know, you know, there was a learning for us, you know, and like when you when you when you actually build a product, like you have to, you know, it's it's good, it's it's better to do that, you know, research and ask the hard questions the first time around because otherwise people are going to be nice to you. They're going to actually tell you, you know, if they have a problem, but that's actually different from actually willing to commit money and dollars to it. <laughs> so, so true. Well, help us with what was the shift moment and how did you overcome that? Cause you obviously figured it out. Yeah. So the, so, so we went, so we went back to the drawing board from that, like you try to figure out why, why, you know, are people feeling um, that they cannot actually allocate dollars to it. So, so we started to sort of quantify the problem more for them, like make it, make it more numbers oriented. Tell them how many hours are their employees losing every day because they're not able to find things at work. They have to go and ask other people and wait. And a task that should have taken, you know, you know, an hour to do is taking five hours to do. So, so we went into that, and then you look into that time, you know, that extra time that you know that gets wasted, and actually uh, convert that to dollars. Right, you know, paying somebody hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, you know, now you're able to actually show that hey, this is this is the actual amount of productivity loss in dollars, um, and 
So that's sort of one thing that you do. The other thing is that you just have to talk to more people. So we kept talking. So like, you know, to more and more people. And eventually, eventually you find the, the leaders who are willing to be the pioneers who are willing to actually, you know, make a decision on a new thing. So I think the lesson for us was just persist. Like you have to keep going. You have to talk to a thousand people and get, you know, like all you need is first, you know, your first 10 customers. Uh, once you have 10 customers, then you have plenty of proof points, you know, to get the 11th and the 12th and the 20th and the 100th. So, yeah. Got it. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like you just, you treated it like any other problem in business. Like, okay, we're not getting the sales responses that we want. Like, how do we solve for that? How do we show our ROI? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It makes me think of um, Grammarly. I remember when that first came out and seeing an email where it said, Hey, like you're using us. We've helped you with this many errors, but there were 70 misspellings that happened in the past week that we didn't show you. And if you go our paid program, we'll, we'll let you see that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. When I was a founder and I was talking to people, like I could tell a difference when say you're talking to the CIOs, if there's a moment that you could zoom into where the phrasing that they're using when you're talking about the problem seems like there is a real problem. What were they saying that gave you conviction in that early step so you knew it was worthwhile? So when we talked to the CIOs, uh, the way we would actually conduct our interviews would be first, like we make it very open-ended. And we ask the CIOs, what is top of mind for you? What are some of the key problems that you're facing? And, and sometimes you hear, um, you know, signs of like, you know, they mentioning problems which your product is actually able to solve for. And then you go and dig deeper. Sometimes it doesn't come up. And then you'd actually go and ask them that, like, hey, have you heard from, uh, from your team that they find it hard to find things, that they find it hard to find experts who can go and help them do their, you know, help them with their tasks. And, and you sort of see that and you get going. And, and oftentimes you would hear back from the CIOs then, like they would actually talk about the same challenges that that we are solving, but now they're actually saying it in their own words, unprompted in some, you know, to some degree. They would talk about that, yes, you know, we we have a large number of SaaS applications in our company. Our knowledge is, you know, really fragmented and spread across all of these different systems. Uh, people find it hard to find things. It's hard to keep this knowledge, you know, fresh and up to date. So those were the things, you know, that we were looking for. We were looking for whether, whether they actually had, you know, this pain point around too many applications, too much information, too much knowledge spread across too many places. And when we started to hear that, when we started to hear from them, you know, the same pitch that we actually make, you know, uh, that was a sign for us that, yes, you know, we're working on something very real, uh, something where we didn't have to actually, you know, you know, do a lot of selling to convince, you know, our buyers that they had this problem, you know, they were actually bringing it up on, the, bringing it up on their own. Yeah, I bet that was an exciting time. Let's jump into the growth side. So as you were starting to get your first couple of customers, what was one of the most impactful growth motions or channels that you used to hit that first hockey stick moment? So there are two parts to it. One is you you get a customer. Now a customer is 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 say a CIO. And they're gonna now we're gonna bring that product to every single person in their company. So in some sense, you know, we have a 2,000 users in this company that are going to be using this product. 
so our objective then was that we're only working with like you know two or three companies like these, but within those we have thousands of users. How do we actually get our product to all of those users? How do we get them to use this product on a daily basis? Use get them to use this product ten times a day. So that was that was the next exercise that was basically in front of us. Um, after we got our first uh, three or four uh, companies that were willing to try our product out. So when we got that, like that's that was sort of the next exercise. You know, we we have a product to bring it to people, and we started to run um, onboarding campaigns and started to sort of educate people about you know this new new found you know new product that we had built. The, the 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 great thing for us was that once we once we built it, we saw that the product actually spread on its own. We, you would actually send one announcement to everybody in the company. Some people pick it up, um, they start using the product, and then they absolutely love it. And then they would start to you know share it with uh, people within the company. And you could see like every day, like you know the number of daily users is actually going up. And 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 that and that was an exciting moment for us. You know, we we knew that yes, you know, this is the product that uh, there is a, there is actually a big unmet need for. But you had to sell it at the top. It couldn't be pulled up from the bottom, even though the bottom is the one you like. The people on the ground are the ones using it. Is that right? That's right. So our, our model is actually, um, you know, sell at the top, like you know, to the CIOs. They bring the product to everybody in the company. And then, then the groundswell begins. That's 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 when the product starts to actually take hold within the company. Got it. And so, but it's it's on you as a SaaS company to make sure that it's actually being used once the CIO has already bought it. Exactly. Got it. It seems like it's a challenging growth situation because you still have to have a traditional sales motion to get the CIO to buy it. Is is that right? That's correct. Got it. And is there any? story there or did you just start hiring a, a typical sales motion that you see at most SaaS companies and that got the ball rolling? So first you are the you are the only salesperson in the company. And and I believe strongly that uh if you have this enterprise sales motion like you know like we do, uh you should actually first go um as 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 a CEO uh try to go and sell to at least like 15 or 20 customers on your own. Uh, this is what, like, that's the most valuable lesson that you can get uh, in terms of learning from the field, learning like, you know, how your customers, uh, what their needs are, uh, what their concerns are going to be as you go and deploy this product. What is their, you know, their propensity, like, you know, to pay for a product like this. So, so, so we, we, didn't, we didn't build any Salesforce. We had we had zero salespeople in the first two years of our company, and I was I was the only person. And then once we saw the proof, once we once we saw that yes, there is success in the market. Uh, uh, the 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 CIOs are willing to buy, and people are actively using the product. That is when we start to you know scale up and build our team. So we you know we started with one person. We had one you know we had one salesperson. And then like we waited another six months, you know, we, you know, where it was just, you know, uh, the two of us and we hired a third one. And then, and then like I, we had enough, like once we reached about 50 customers, we had enough confidence at that point to sort of go and scale uh, at a faster pace. 
I love that diligence. You weren't trying to skip a step. You were really thorough before you tried to outsource something that you knew that you needed to understand more than anyone else. Absolutely. Kind of in conclusion, is there a specific story that you could bring us into maybe a customer interaction that you, customer call you were on or after a customer had been using it that kind of represented a milestone and like, hey, we're there. Like we're, we're ready to begin to hire that salesperson. One story that I recall is I was in a call with uh, this customer. First call, they, they knew perhaps one line about our company that we are the Google for workplace. That's how you know, they thought of us. We do the call. I start to do the demo. So I, I, you know, tell them a little bit about, hey, this is who we are. You know, we, you know, a company with you know fifty people backed by so and so investors. Uh, with, you know, a lot of people with, you know, great experience. You know, building such products in the past. Um, and I'm going to show you our product today. And 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 then I start to do the demo. And I talked and talked and talked. I think for thirty minutes. Showed them everything. And at the end of the call. Or like 10 minutes, you know, and 10 minutes or left, I actually asked them, like, hey, do you have any questions? And the the person said that, like, you know, I was already sold on your product within the first two minutes. Maybe you should have asked me, like, you know, like what, what questions I had. But I mean, this is this completely makes sense to me. And I'm going to buy it right now. Tell me, tell me like what's the process. And and we did a sale, like, you know, it took it took us that one 50-minute call. To, to do a sale, you know, you know, a six figure deal. And, and that's, that's when I realized that, wow, like, I think this is, this isn't, I, you know, people get it, people understand, you know, what this problem is, they, uh, you know, they uh, are willing to actually, you know, pay, pay dollars for it. And I don't have to always go and try to sell it, like, you know, we're going to actually have inbound demand for this product. And, and that's, that sort of sort of gave me me that confidence to sort of start building out uh, our team more aggressively. That's amazing. I think that's a that's something to remember because how many times do we go on and on and try to keep overselling it when they're already there, but we just never checked? That's that's right. Yeah, the, I, I'm certainly guilty of that all the time. <laughs> I've I've been there. I remember the SaaS company that I built. There, we were at an actual conference, and there was a a prospect who came up and I was like going on and doing the whole sales thing. And he like stopped me in the same thing and said, like, like he literally pulled out his credit card and was like, can we pay? And we didn't even have a way to take credit cards because it was like an enterprise sale. <laughs> so, so I know that feeling of just like conviction in those moments, but it always involves money. Right. Right. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. Just the, the very final question is what is your superpower as a founder? So feel the building a great company is basically equivalent to assembling a great set of people like who are the company, who are going to build the company. And I, I feel um, that like we've been able to build a really amazing team at Glean. Um, very safely, I can say that every, every person who joined Glean after me is better than me, um, mm. and 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 are, and is truly you know uh, passionate about building this product, and and so that's 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 sort of one thing which I feel like I've been able to 
do a good job at, you know, both at Lean at my previous company is um, communicating our, our, our mission and our vision um, to the best people in the world and, and getting them to join our mission. Mm. I love that. That is such a humbling statement to hear. Like every single person is, is better than you quote unquote, which I, I know what you're ultimately saying, but you're hiring amazing people. Uh, and that that's an amazing skill. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is a really cool story to hear. And I know our listeners are going to love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for startups, check out our website, zendesk.com slash startups. Also, we're always looking to improve. So don't hesitate to email me with any feedback on how we can ask better questions, guess the target, or anything else so we can do to better help you as a founder. My email is adam.odonnell at zendesk.com.